Hi there, everyone. Um, you are listening to the University of Pulse radio station, um, as you probably already know. Um, my name is Matt Crane. Oh, I, I do hear a little, so hold on. There we go. Um, this is the Dry Spellcast. Um, and those of you who have joined or just joining us for the first time, we're going to talk about video games for about an hour. So uh, let's just get right to it. It is Wednesday, August 2nd. It's the first episode uh, that we've ever done in August. That's exciting, I guess. It's episode 22. Um, I'm joined by Austin. Hey. Hey, there's Austin. Hey, uh, I'm back. He is back. He was gone last week. Uh, and if you didn't know that, you don't listen to our show well enough. So you should listen better. But it's just him and I this week. So we're, we're going to jump right into things. Um, first of all, how's it going? It's going well. Good. You know. Uh, my summer tennis job ended, so now I'm not stressing with three jobs, just two. But I guess I started my class, like, two weeks ago, last week, whenever it was. Now, this class is only, like, three weeks long, right? Yeah, but it's pretty intensive. It's, what, three times a week for, like, three and a half hours a class period. Which is awful. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it, and I need, I need it for me, personally. Right. I mean, I took one. I took a class this summer because it was like the prereq to all the other classes well, this, that this I should have already taken. This isn't like a prereq class. It's just it's like a prep class for the LSAT. Oh yeah. So, and I know me, and I'm not going to study outside like without proper instruction of how to study. So it's, it was definitely <laughs> needed. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But this was this required? No. Oh, yeah. Well, look this, at you spending money on, that's not required. On my own volition, yeah. Woo! That's good. That's good for you. So, we saw Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah. Two nights ago. Yes, Monday night. Uh, that was good. Very good. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I like Christopher Nolan's stuff. And I think I think this was probably one of his better ones in terms of directing Maybe not in story and everything. I mean, I thought it was a good story, but like there was no dialogue whatsoever. Yeah, hard, hardly at all. That like yeah, dialogue. which I kind of enjoyed. It was a nice. Well, it 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 did a good job of building tension the entire yeah. time because it was just like all these guys are just stranded on this beach for those those of you who don't know the movie. It's like you know the evacuation of Dunkirk. You know the the French and the British were surrounded by the Germans at the time. And they're trying to get off the beach without trying to get you know destroyed. So it was definitely not like a happy setting by any means. No. And they definitely portray that as just like everyone's kind of just like just glum and yeah. gloomy. And, and I like that. Solemn. And I like the lack of dialogue being used to tell the story because I feel like if I have like one criticism towards modern storytelling and like film, it's just that. Like we can't tell stories with anything other than words. Mm-hmm. And this did a good job doing that. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, we, we went and saw it on IMAX because uh, majority of the film was filmed in 70 <coughs> millimeter. <coughs> <coughs> Match is dying over there. Okay, I'm good. Back to what I was saying. So, yeah, the majority of the film was actually filmed in 70 millimeter. Which, which he does. He always he, films which, in film. Which is, which is, you know, but normal film size is 35 millimeter. So, it's, right. it's IMAX. 
So that was definitely nice to see. It was just, you know, obviously on a huge screen. Obviously just 2D, thank goodness. No more, no 3D crap. Yeah, no. Uh, and the one thing I have to say is the sounds of this movie. I mean, I'm sure IMAX ramped it, it's ramped up in there, but I'm sure the normal theater is pretty good with the, you know, the Dolby Atmos theaters around and with the digital screens. and Right. The sounds, like, it was just, like, literally, like, it sounds like gunfires, like, being shot at you. The airplanes just buzzing you. It was real, real good. Mm-hmm. I, like, there's parts where I, like, I, like, would jump. I and, like, jumped yeah. a number of times. Because, mm-hmm. like, you, it's all quiet, and all of a sudden it's just, ding, and you're like, oh, 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 that was good. Yeah. And it, I mean, you felt like you were part of, part of the ride for Dunkirk. Yeah, I was part of the hope. Part of the hope. So, I recommend seeing it. Obviously, the Christopher Nolan does his little. What he does best is his like different timelines throughout the movie. Kind yeah, of thing, which I which didn't I expect. Enjoyed. Yeah, I didn't expect that coming in, and I'm actually kind of glad that it was there and had like had three different stories. How they in, are like I guess groups and how they like interacted with each other. It was real cool. All right. Well, and I kind of mentioned this. I think we talked about this that night. Like one of the things that I think did really well. Is I have this like thing where I really like wides, these sweeping wide shots, and I think Christopher Nolan does that really well. I like some of my favorite parts in basically media period is when people have these big open space areas that they show off like the depth of the stuff going on. Like um, I think of The Witcher. Like one of the best parts in The Witcher is. Towards the end, uh, Witcher 3, spoiler, in case anybody's two years, three years behind, um, where you and what's the what's the other guy, the other Witcher you meet multiple times? Oh, uh, is it Cisco Lambert? Lambert. Yeah. You and Lambert go up to this, like, one area, and... You like look out uh, of Care uh, Morn. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just a fantastic shot. And I think that Dunkirk had a number of those mm-hmm. that really showed off the depth of the story that we were watching. Yeah, it was it was a good movie. <coughs> oh, and the one thing is, I had I have to mention Harry Styles from former One Direction fame is in this movie, which I never knew. Which you didn't, yeah, which no one, I did not get. He was one of the main, yeah, main guys that they followed around. I never would have known. He did a good job. I'm just gonna say, yeah, because he had no speaking lines. He actually, I think he spoke more than anyone <laughs> in the movie, which is funny. Yeah, I have a hard time when I watch films like this, where like there's a bunch of actors I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have a real hard time keeping track of who's who. Yeah. I'm real bad at facial recognition. Yeah, because obviously the the main person, main kid they followed is I've never seen him in anything before, and then Harry Styles was part of this. The group was with them, so like I recognized him, so I was able to differentiate. Because otherwise, they do look they did look pretty similar. Um, obviously, we have got Tom Hardy, <clears throat> which I still would never be able to recognize. See, I, I I will. I don't know who he is. How? He's been. I don't know. Maybe. But like what? What? Uh, Give me a list of movies Tom Hardy's been okay, in. Okay, he was Bane in Dark Knight Rises. Besides that. He was in Inception. What was he in Inception? He was, wasn't was like the initial main crew, but he was brought on in it. I, don't know, I can't explain it. Okay. He's one of like, he was like one of the specialty, specialty guys they brought in. For the big heist. Yeah. 
Uh, what else? He was in Lawless. I don't know if you ever saw that. No. Nope. That was a great movie. Uh, is it Lock, Stock, and... No, is uh oh, one of the another movie. I don't know who Tom Hardy is. Okay, okay, don't know who Tom Hardy is, and for some reason I get him and John Hamm mixed up. I can see that actually. I mean, I I can't tell you what either of them look like, but their names sound kind of similar to me. So I don't know. So anyone knows Tom Hardy is in this movie, which makes sense because he is kind of a Nolan faithful now been in several of his movies so he did a great job as always and i there's just other familiar faces in there yeah and the what's his well the guy they picked up in the very beginning on the boat he was in the original batman begins as the oh. scarecrow <laughs> it's funny how like all i think the, i've seen batman begins once okay well, let's get one it's funny how like Christopher Nolan still, po- I mean, not most directors do this. I mean, Tarantino's pretty famous for it, but pulling from the same pool of actors. Well, yeah, because you like working with a person yeah. you want to work with them. I mean, so, that's that makes sense in any. Yeah, it does. And any career. So it's kind of nice to see all that, but I think it's a really well done movie. Acting was good. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Hans Zimmer. Um, I'm going to get that out there right well, now. When that popped up on the screen, I just started laughing because I know your opinion on him. Yeah, I don't like Hans Zimmer, but I think he did okay this time around no. because it was, <sighs> right, it was less bomb and it was more of like avant-garde kind of tone clusters. And then like at one point in the film, uh, it completely changes and I think it changes the whole mood. Um, and then, of course, he starts with the bullcrap electronic arpeggios, but whatever. Um, overall, I, that, I liked it better than he didn't write most of Hans Zimmer stuff. So, yeah, I I thought I enjoyed it. Still, it was it was good. Yeah. So, I does recommend- it what does it have you looking forward to Call of Duty World War Two? Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, well, for, this is the first like big World War Two movie we've gotten in a while, and it's kind of funny. This is like just a few months before. The first big World War II game we've gotten in a while. Yeah, I mean, this is this is, takes place in France, so I mean, it's not gonna, we're not gonna be anywhere near that. Yeah, but probably not. But maybe. I mean, because I think uh, Call of Duty is gonna follow um, Big Red One. Yeah, so they're gonna be American side. Yeah, and so they're gonna the storm Germans. Normandy and do all that jazz. All the good highlights, you know. Of the World best War. of the best of World War Two. Uh yeah. So I recommend going to see Dunkirk. Awesome movie. Uh, I'm pretty sure you will enjoy it. You'll be on the edge of your seat the entire movie because it's just it never it just starts off right away. Yeah. And I wouldn't say the action is over the top. It's just really like it's there. It happens, and you're just like, oh man. And then it kind of like, and then throughout that point, it stops, but you don't know what's going to happen again. Yeah. I mean, I have heard uh, people. Up, like not happy with this movie, saying that it, like they're unpleased with it. Well, these are the people that like Transformers movies, so. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, the, maybe I don't over know. Over the top explosions, Whoa! Yeah. So. Yeah, this movie special effects probably not much there. I know Christopher Nolan's pretty famous for actually doing practical effects. Yeah. So that was probably used well a because lot more. if you're gonna shoot on film. Yeah. So. You need more practical effects than not. So, yeah, it looks very realistic. Well, I mean, the war scenes weren't, I mean, though I wouldn't say war scenes, but, like, the actual, like, when stuff happened, it wasn't, like, gruesome or over the top or anything like no. that. Nothing visceral. So, but 
It was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. Good, good World War Two movie. I mean, I haven't, we haven't gotten like a really good one in a while. So yeah. So have you been playing any video games? Yes, I have been. Actually. Oh really? Yeah. All right. What? I bought the new Crash Bandicoot. Oh yeah. Insane trilogy. <clears throat> what do you think? It's fun. It's hard. Yes. I, I've rage, I've just rage quit the last two days on the same same map, same level for some like I just it's the level's so long and I'm it's just it's just It's dumb. not the bridge turtle level, is it? No. Have you gotten that yet? No, I okay. haven't. I did another bridge one that actually wasn't too bad. Yeah. No, this one's like something vista or like sunset vista and it's just so long and I'm just like I get to like I don't even know where I'm at in the map, and then I just like get, I just die a couple times, and just like get angry, and then I lose all my lives, and then yeah. As somebody who never played Crash Bandicoot growing up, um, this is not what I expected Crash Bandicoots to be. Like I just didn't know what they were, and so when I played this parts of this remastered trilogy, I was like, whoa, this is this is what everybody liked so much. I still like it. It's a good platforming game. Yeah. Um, I never actually played the first one, original. So it coming and just starting on this one is a little different because, like, obviously the, this is like selling off nostalgia. But I'm nostalgic for two and three. So you know what? And so it's funny you say that because people have been complaining about how hard it is, the fact that it doesn't feel like the original, and they came out and basically said like, oh well. We had to change the physics towards modern day, blah, 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 basically saying, oh, we're not going to do anything. And they recommended playing it in two, three, three and, and then one. one. Yeah. Which is weird. Jason, he, he has it too. He's played through one and is now on two. And he says two is remarkably easier than one. And I, I guess such is the thing. Yeah. I mean, I only played a couple levels of three. Yeah, three three's good. Three's I think is my favorite still. So I'm interested to play more of it once I get past this dumb level. I don't know. I just maybe because one was just at the time like the level designs were not as great as they later became in the next subsequent games. But so that's fun. Uh, been playing obviously some little bit of PUBG here and there. Of course, always. Uh, we've been playing a lot of Siege lately. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Siege. I still don't like that game. <laughs> Um, but I, you did I humor my friends. Yeah, I got best on our team last night. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I just have good matches. Sometimes things just go well for me. I mean, the pro- my, my I mean, the biggest problem is is I'm playing with all these people who know all the maps and know where to put barricades and all this crap, and I'm just running around like, oh my god! I play Rook because Rook, I just lay down armor and I'm like, then I'm gonna go play the game. Everybody else is like, oh, this tactic, like I have to put this on the wall here and here. Oh, I gotta blow up this wall between these two rooms. Like, no, like I hate this game. Well, the problem is because playing with Jesse and myself, who have played 150 plus hours into this game already. Oh, uh, how? It's not a good game. I love the game. I don't know. If Game's great. So, yeah, we've been playing a lot of that for some reason. Uh, at least you do better than Grant. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that. you don't even have to say that. <laughs> well, I did. Uh, what else have we been playing? Um, you know, that's kind of it. I mean, a little, bit of, a little bit of Overwatch. Uh, Doomfist came out a couple weeks ago. and or, so I think he just came out this last week for PlayStation. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he just came out. Um, so I've been, like, I've been 
playing around with Doomfist a little bit, trying to get into pub matches and play him, but he, he's harder than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, he, he's difficult. And I mean, he's a lot of people were saying like, oh, he's like a competition for Reinhardt. And the problem is, is you only have 200 health. Yeah. Like you do regen health as you deal damage to other people, which is nice. But I wouldn't say he's a competition to Reinhardt. I say he's the attack version of Reinhardt. He's got similar abilities with like pushing and jumping and I guess jumping, but. Stuff yeah. Like that. So, like one of the new uh, big things in uh, Overwatch right now, one of the big strats that people are dive comp. running. Well, uh, dive comp. Uh, I actually like read an article about this. Dive comp is in response to that. Yeah. Because what people are doing is they're overloading their team with tanks, shielded and, tanks. Yeah, shielded tanks, and then get like two guys, like a Reinhardt. And an Orisa with a like shield, and then they basically go into areas and just sit on top of that other tank. Let's say like Bastion is the one I always see, and sit on top of him and shield him. And between Reinhardt and Orisa, they just alternate back and forth who's shielding, and there's nothing you can do about mm-hmm. it. So I was thinking about like Doomfist with your meteor strike. If you can get enough up for your meteor strike, then you can totally destroy that. Yeah. He he's a good counter to that. You just gotta do it. Yeah. So because we we got in a match like that, it was yes, it was one of it was the Nepal one. I don't remember the one with the big temple right in the middle. Yeah. So you're capturing the temple in the middle, and this Bastion Reinhardt Mercy would literally just get in the corner and just stand there. And not, there's nothing nothing we do. could do. It was just stupid. And yeah, I think Doomfist. This is before Doomfist. Doomfist would have been a good option, and plus it's competitive anyway, so we wouldn't be able to play as him. But he would be a good option to take that out. Yeah, because his meteor thing's pretty has pretty good range on it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I you can go across the map to be honest, or at l- I've at least tried halfway across mm-hmm. the map. Um, because I was, we it. were, you're just using it to get across the map. Yeah, we were losing. We were just about to lose. And I used that to get across the map to, uh, keep it in overtime. So. Yeah. Doomfist is interesting. He's mostly all abilities. So I'm excited that when he actually does show up in like competitive play that I can just use Sombra and well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how some of the pro players start to use him mm-hmm. uh, because then I, it'll give me an, like an idea of, oh, well, this is what I should be doing. Because as, as they like advertise him, he's supposed to be like up up in the front taking damage because like I think the more damage he deals, obviously shields or whatever. But then yeah, he, but I don't know. I feel like he's he kind seemed, of a he good mid character. He seems kind of squishy for that. that yes, he's so. real squishy. So I think he'd be a better mid character and kind of like then just jump in there, kill someone, and run back. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, there's our Overwatch minute. Uh, I guess we'll talk about Overwatch in a bit. Uh, we do need to take a break, and then we're going to come back. I have a video game that I need to talk about, um, and we'll be right back in a minute.
repping the Northwest. I Yee. Tacoma came out yesterday, and I've been waiting for this game for a while. You, ha- you have uh, Fulbright is the con- the studio who made Gone Home, and they made this Tacoma, which and I still have not played. It just sitting on my PlayStation. Just man, you need to play that game. I just it's gonna take you less than four hours. I know. Just do it. Um, but anyway, so I played Tacoma. I sat down last night. I first of all, I want to say. I have lived in my room for a year plus now, <laughs> and I've all like I have the router in my room, oh, and I have always so used Wi-Fi. It, you know, we just we get used to Wi-Fi, so why change anything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my wireless card. Uh, granted, it's probably old, and I should have upgraded it anyways. But some things happened with I was supposed to move to another room. Roommate decided I wasn't going to. Blah blah blah. We won't get into that whole thing. Yeah, a whole, a whole thing. But so I'm staying with the router. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to make the best of this. So I have a 50 foot Ethernet cable that I was like, oh well, I can probably run this around my room. Maybe I'll get like a couple, like a little bit better speed. So I go in and I run a speed test, and I have like. 10 megabytes per second download, which isn't terrible. Um, it's not great. Well, con- considering you live with four other guys, it's not... Five right now. Uh, is Ryan in there Yes, now? he is. We have five people. We have six people in my house. So, anyways. Oh, man. So, I tested it, and then I like ran the Ethernet cable across my room four times faster. I was downloading at 40 megabytes per second, which I am overtly happy about. And so the first thing I did was go by Tacoma and downloaded it in 10 minutes. Uh, From what they were giving me, I was getting four megabytes per second. See, yeah, Steam's weird like that. Well, no, that's like, that's that's good. That's normal? Okay. Yeah, PlayStation is going to give you like, 0.5. 0.5. Good point. Because I think the most I ever get on Steam is about 11. But yeah. like, but my games download, like updates and games download real, real fast. So yeah, like, I, I mean, think I got Witcher 2 in like two hours. Yeah. So anyways, so I downloaded Tacoma last night. Uh, and I played through it in two hours. So that's the first thing I want to say. This is a $20 game right now. And I played it for two hours. There is some stuff I missed, so I might go back and play it. I mean, it's not one of those things that I know my second playthrough is going to take five hours or 20 hours or whatever. I know my second playthrough is going to take me less than two hours. So I might go back um, and see if I can't find some of the other stuff I missed and just kind of try to get all the achievements or whatever. So is Tacoma set? So I'll in tell Pacific you. Northwest? No, it is not. No. So Fulbright's in uh, Bellevue? Bellevue, Washington? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe. It's where Microsoft is. So. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Maybe they're in Portland, Seattle. I don't know. They're somewhere in the, in the Northwest. So because I've wanted to go visit them for a while now. But anyways. I think you said Bellevue because I think that made a connection because my sister lives there. But maybe. I don't know. Okay. Regardless, so it takes place in space. That's what I thought. Okay. Ooh. And so Tacoma is the space station. And I'm, I 
really like thought hard about how I was going to present this game because I think some of the mechanics of the game are better left finding by yourself because it, it does it's just like gone home it doesn't really explain anything to you you just go in and you just start messing around with things figure it out it's a little more interactive than gone home was but is, still is this connected to gone home no okay it's not this takes place in like 2085 something oh, like that so quite a couple years in the future yeah, I mean, there's a space station. Well, I mean, we have one now. Well, this is like a commercial space station. Okay. For uh, your, your daily voyage to space, you just stop off in the, the, space, yeah, the well, space market. It does sound like it's m more difficult than that. Mm. Like, it's more of, it's going to take a couple of days for anybody to find them. So it's not Elon Musk's vision of space. Right. Okay. So basically what happens is something goes awry and you're sent in and you have to figure it out. Something goes awry I in know. space? I what? know. And so the general thing of it is like there's an AI that you have to go and you have to piece together the AI's memory, basically. Is it Hal? No. <laughs> Will you shut up? Okay, Jesus. Um, the coffee's hit me. You, you basically have to piece together this AI memory and figure out what happened. The, the ending is a lot more conclusive than like Gone Home, uh, which I kind of liked. I did like the story. I liked the character involvement. Um, but, again, it's two hours long. If you like walking simulators... And actually, I got in an argument online with some guy about the use of that term walking simulator because he thinks it's derogatory. I don't I don't see it. I mean, I don't know a better way to describe this game. So if you like those kind of games, I think it's actually one of the better ones that I've played. I don't think it nearly goes as far as Edith Fitch. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is definitely towards the top of these have, games have you played everyone's gone to the rapture i haven't yet i own it wasn't that one of the free games at one point yes and i didn't get it that's right i believe i, I did it. i believe i have it too. but anyways i know so i think it's a real good version of that that whole game style and i i mean it runs well it looks good uh the audio is good the voice acting is good i think it's overall a really solid game but again, you have to realize if you're one of those people who wants like as many hours as possible out of your games, you're not going to enjoy this at all. If that is you, I would definitely wait for it to go on sale. I knew it was only going to be a couple hours long going into it, so I wasn't upset. But I can definitely see how somebody might be. I think that I think that actually opens up a whole nother argument about value in games. Mm -hmm. Again, this is not a sixty dollars purchase. It's only twenty bucks. Uh, that's what two hours of an average work, right? Depending on what you do. Yeah. So I can I'm okay sparing that for that experience. If you think about like movies, like we spent sixteen dollars to go to IMAX. Yeah. For about the same amount of time. And I didn't interact with anything on the screen. So. It's true. I mean, but. 
But that that's a whole another bag of worms that I don't really want to get into today. No, because we have a lot other stuff to talk yes, about. Yes, we do. Uh, well, let's go ahead and let's get into that stuff. Let's start with some news today. So, remember, we talked about Pokemon Go last week. Did you listen to our show last I week? Did. I, I did. I did make Good sure I listened to it. Good for you. Um, so, Pokemon Go, the dumpster fire that was <laughs> that festival. So, people are now so suing Niantic for everything they went through. Travel costs, um, time, stuff like that. Things you can sue people for. Um, Is this justified, I guess, is the question. Uh, Now, Niantic did kind of respond to all of the criticisms. They said, you know, we called the mobile networks. Our game runs on mobile networks. Mm -hmm. We know that. we called these mobile networks with estimates of how many people were going to be at the festival at any given time using these things. So, for example, Sprint, who is a partner in this, deployed what they call a cow, which is basically a cellular on wheels. And so they, it's one of those big satellite things or like an antenna that comes out and just parks next to it. And it provides a mobile network. Sprint's network held up through it. So, at that point, is Niantic? See, I don't think. See, I don't think Niantic's uh, should be the blame. I think it is the seller because obviously you have, I was it, like twenty thousand people, or something like that. Yeah. In one area, all that bandwidth of cell service is just going to be sucked up. Yeah, and but that's one of those things. Like Niantic can call these people and be like, "Hey, well, and they this did. is happening." But they don't have to, like, Verizon doesn't have to do anything no, about it. No, they don't. It. I mean, they don't. And so, I mean, at least if, like, Niantic did take the steps to say, hey, we will have this huge thing here, I don't think there should be, it's out of their hands now. They, t- t- they took precautions saying, we're going to have this many people here for this many days. We need the cell service. We need, so obviously Sprint held up their end. But, you know, obviously AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, whoever Well, I, no, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to generalize because I don't know the exact. Yeah, but I mean, if 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 Niantic actually did go out and like express that that they needed support and then they didn't get it, it shouldn't be on them. So I mean, the blame sure can be shifted to somewhere else, but can a lawsuit like this hold up? Mm-mm. I think it would just be like if, any, if anything, they'll probably pay for air, airline tickets or something. I mean, Niantic has a ton of money because this game. So, I mean, obviously they can afford, like, some reimbursements of measures. And maybe for, like, the extreme cases, like, I flew from London or something to come here. Yeah, like, the early stories coming out on this said that one guy had started the lawsuit. And he had come out and said, like, you know, I talked to a guy from Japan in line. And that the company that or the law firm that is going after Niantic said they, they got calls from at least 20 to 30 other people. See, and that's such a small number of the attendees, considering it's in the 20,000. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be anything. Maybe maybe Niantic will just pay out some, you know, some money, but here some restitute for what happened or whatever. Right. And now I like I kind of wonder this will never make it to court, if that's what you're asking. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of there. Like, I kind of get that. So I kind of wonder, so people who live in Chicago and, like, work there, 
their sales service probably went dead mm -hmm. at a certain point. So knowing that, is anybody responsible for this? Somebody had to have made precautions and somebody should be up to blame for not following through with those, right? And it's hard to, I mean, point fingers, like, who messed up where? Like, was it the app failing? Was it your cell service that failed? Who's to know? Right. And, I mean, you hear reports of people at, like, E3 or PAX or stuff where they can't use their cell service because there's so many, many people, people yeah, doing it. Not like, I mean, they're not playing Pokemon Go. They're, they're just using oh, their phone. Oh, there are people. Well, I'm sure they are. Pokemon but, like, Go. there's just people using their phone there all the time. That, live tweeting. Yeah, live tweeting, Periscope, whatever people do these days. Facebook Live, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, the bandwidth is just getting sucked up when there's, like, just that many people in one area. So I would say Niantic's not wholly to blame for the bad support. Yeah. I mean, maybe they could have done more to prevent this, but they can't, like, coerce Verizon and AT&T to, like, force, um, you know, a cow to show up and sell you their own wheels. I like that. I like that. I like them a lot. That's good. But they can't force them to do that. It's, it's. I mean, obviously Sprint's like, yeah, because like Sprint's a partner with Pokemon Go. Right. So obviously they're going to be out there supporting. But the, the bigger Goliaths like Verizon and AT&T are probably just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get off that. Let's talk about one more outrage before we go to break. So GameStop has announced they will be open on Thanksgiving. Um, and the official press release of that said for a shortened and limited time. So people, of course, are coming out. Ah, this shouldn't happen. Like, these people should be with our families and all this stuff. Like, what do you think? Like, early in the day Thanksgiving? I imagine late in the day. So, like, a lot of stores will start opening at, like, 5 on Thanksgiving now. Oh, for Black Friday sales. Right. And GameStop has been yeah, very it. much on the edge of, like, we will not do this. Like, we need to make sure that these people are with their families. Like, that's important. And then this year, they're like, ah, we're going to open up. I mean, I'm not outraged because, like, being in retail, like, you kind of expect. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not outraged. No, I mean... And People I mean, are outraged. I haven't heard from a single GameStop employee who's outraged. It's mostly just, like, people on Facebook commenting, ah, these people, they hate America. Well, it's... I mean, Black Friday is a day where businesses make a ton of money, so it makes sense to be open. I mean, I don't like the whole culture of Black Friday. I no. Think, I think it's dumb. It just sucks that, like, this is, like, how it has to... Like, what happens yeah but someone who works in like a service style industry like restaurants don't close on thanksgiving some most of the time and yeah like they'll, they'll, they'll open early in the day and then they close later but right and i don't know it's like one of those weird things like these people obviously are going to make holiday pay yeah and a lot of times i feel like they're asked like First of all, we're going to take volunteers who wants to work this. Because I know if I was living in another city, I didn't have family. Yeah. I would totally take that shift. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it just depends on that. Because there's definitely people like, I'll take it because I don't have, obviously I have no, no plan of Thanksgiving or whatever. And I can. And then I'm going to have a bunch of money to then go spend for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I think it's a weird thing. It's another one of those internet outrage stories that gets people all fired up. So. But, I mean, it depends on the time they open, because I know a lot of people eat, have Thanksgiving dinner. I use yeah, like, dinner in air like quotes. Like 2 o'clock. Yeah, I, 
I don't know why people, that's a thing. I mean, I have Thanksgiving dinner at, you know, the appropriate 6, 30, 7 o'clock at dinner time. We do ours like 4 or 5. See, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of early still. But 5 is like not a bad dinner that time. That is normal dinner time. But I, I've always had a late dinner time. That's what usually when we eat is about 6, 6, 30, 7 for Thanksgiving. It's like when people are like, so for some people, when they have their Thanksgiving dinner at 2 o'clock, then they can go work later in the day. I mean, there's yeah. definitely ways to make this work. And it shouldn't be, oh, outrage, blah, 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 as it is. Yeah. That's just my take on the whole thing. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Okay, we're back. We're just kind of going through the video game news of this week. And so we talked about GameSpot. We talked about Pokemon Go. So let's get into some things that have been announced. Some surprising, some not so surprising. So Razer is looking at getting into cell phones. Uh, they have announced. Uh, apparently they bought a cell phone company, a cell phone maker, not too long ago and so now they're talking about yeah we want to get into cell phones maybe by the end of the year so that would be cool i guess whatever uh do you think so i guess my first reaction to this was like well maybe we'll get a really cool cell phone kind of dedicated towards mobile games that's kind of what i was thinking if if i mean if a gaming company's doing that that's what i would expect them to like focus on yeah and they may not they may just try to come out with something who knows the market for old people with trying to use phones with big buttons Jitterbug. is up there jitterbug remember those commercials no it was like the old person phone that had like three buttons on it oh it was like the one main contact a 911 call and then like an operator there we go yeah that's what we need jitterbug we need more of those and it was like the size of like right a Nintendo SD or whatever those ones were, the little flippo Game Boys. Yeah, the yeah the the DSs. No, like the like, it was not the DS. Yeah, the dual screen no, or the Advance. It was like a Game Boy Advance, the one that like folded. The Game Boy Advance did fold. No, because the, the one started out like the sideways one. Oh, whatever. What? No, I have a Game Boy Advance. It's like the sideways one with the widescreen, and has the buttons like this. Then there was the one, yeah. the SP, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. You're right. That's how big they were. Yeah. Anyways, so maybe off that'll happen. Off topic? Okay. No, that's perfectly <laughs> on topic. Uh, so maybe look for a Razer uh, cell phone right next to your Razer gaming mouse. It's going to have our, the, the colors on the, the Honestly, change. I would not hate a, a phone that has a kickstand and then like a USB port, like a USB in that I could plug in like a retro controller to so I can throw like an NES or a SNES emulator onto my phone and to play on like uh, planes mm -hmm. or buses or stuff like that. Razor, if you're listening. 
Yeah, there we go. Buy this idea from me. Don't take it for free. <laughs> Please, I need the money. So, anyways, I, I've actually kind of been looking at doing a retro thing like that with a tablet. You can get, like, okay tablets for, like, 60 bucks that can run that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I've kind of looked into that whole process. And then they have, like, the retro pies and stuff like that that people put together. So, one of these days... Um, anything to keep me from buying. So, there's a new controller coming out, or at least being kickstarted. Uh, so far, so they've raised about half of $60,000, and it's called the All Controller. Mm. I, looked, I looked at this, and it looks really cool. So the what the premise of it is is that they're trying to make a controller that works across all consoles and PC and everything so you can you only have one controller. And so you connect through USB and so like the Xbox there will be like a USB connector that you have to connect into and stuff like that. But it looks kind of cool. They kind of took the outline of several different controllers and combine them into one so like the it has the dual sticks like playstation right next to each other side mm-hmm. by side on the same plane whatever and it's kind of bigger like an xbox controller and stuff like that. i think the d-pad is more along the lines of where a d-pad in like a uh, nintendo controller would be so on and so forth. It looks kind of neat. And you can go in and you can program it to different games. So say you want a different control scheme for Overwatch and Siege, let's say, for games that I've been playing lately. You can do that. So you can just switch back and forth. Yeah, games. there's a little screen in the middle, almost reminiscent of like the Sega uh, yep. controllers. I remember that. And... You can switch between things, and they have programmable macros in it. So if you have, like, a long cheat code or something that requires a bunch of button press, you can program that in, and then just with one click of a button, it performs all those. Kind of like what a, like a, a gaming keyboard does now. So, I don't know. It looks kind of neat. I don't know. Like they said, it's going to be fairly expensive. Like, I think I saw, like, 140 bucks. Ooh. But if you can buy one controller and have just one controller for everything, but, I mean, maybe so it's worth it. Depends on like battery life and like actual like is it wired or wireless? So I think there's both. Okay. From what I what I kind of remember, but yeah, I mean, I'm always kind of looking for a good middle of the road controller to, especially to use on PC. Yeah, that's what you do. I don't really, I don't have controller support on my PC. Oh, you don't think you do? I mean, I, I've never used it is what i should say actually so now you can plug playstation controllers yep. direct in and it I, just works i know so now yeah, i mean i think it's something worth watching i'll kind of be interested to see they've sent out prototypes to different companies to review but they're all kind of plain right now so we'll see what it ends up actually being i think they will probably make this kickstarter i don't know how long they have and heck, I might look into kickstarting it myself. I've never kickstarted anything, but who knows? There's always a first for everything. 
So Battlefield Five has kind of been announced. I'm going to say kind of. And I don't know why I didn't put the story in here. I just linked to the story. But um, so basically what it said is like an investor call. The CEO of EA, Andrew Wilson, announced that, oh, the there is going to be another Battlefield in 2018. Mm-hmm. So that's basically all that. Uh, they said that it will be on the Frostbite engine uh, and the name of the dice shooter appears among them. Oh, yeah, basically. So the Frostbite engine, these are the games that are coming out for it, right? And so, yeah, we might like we might by a lot of things now. Yeah. And so, like, people are kind of asking, like, what is the next battlefield going to look like? And so if like following on Twitter, people have said, like, oh, we want a battlefield Vietnam. We want a bad company three. I want a bad company three. Bad Company 3, I think, would be a good choice right now. Yeah, something a little bit lighter, something a little bit more fun, because there's so much serious stuff going on. But, I mean, and especially because they're still doing fairly well with Battlefield 1. Uh, They have that new Tsar DLC coming out. In the name of the Tsar. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Well, I mean, they already had the new maps launched for that, like the snow snow maps and stuff, which I'd be... I mean, they were free, weren't they? So I'd be interested. Yes. I don't remember. But I haven't played Battlefield 1 in a couple months, several months. I still haven't opened mine. I know you haven't. (laughs) Uh, I'd be interested in going back in to see it. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it to the extent that I enjoyed previous Battlefield games. I don't know. That means I'm going to hate this because I hated the last Battlefield. But you might like it because it's different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I d- still enjoyed it. It was just things just were, I know they're like, oh, World War One, we're realistic. But for me, there's just too many automatic weapons. And the, okay. weapon, the weapon choice was just very limited. And that's kind of why I got bored with it. Because yeah. it wasn't like, oh, you unlocked a new weapon. It's like, oh, you unlocked the same weapon, but with something else on it. I was like, cool. Thanks for the red dot right. versus my scope. Yeah, so I don't know. It's this... It's coming out. Uh, everything speculation, kind of what it'll be. I think that probably really won't be announced until maybe next E3. I'd say I don't maybe th- a little bit before. Maybe then. a little bit before because it'll it'll be an October release like it normally yeah. is. So, so we can kind of expect that next week at least, or next week next, next year. year. Uh, so Overwatch. Speaking of Overwatch, I told we were we were coming back to it because we will never leave it. Uh, Overwatch Summer Games are coming back. They're returning next week. And they're basically what's coming back is Lucio Ball, yeah. which I never played. It was fun. It was different. It's kind of like a Rocket League style. Right. Obviously. It's a soccer game. But it's going to be competitive this time. Oh, yeah. have a competitive Yes, mode. they are. And they've changed a few things about it. Like you can't boot people anymore. Uh so that people can't just stand back behind the goal, the goal, boot people out, and then score. And the ult is going to be a you basically move faster. Okay. I think when you ult, you can actually boot people. Because how it was last year is when you ulted, it pulled the ball to you. Right. So people, I mean, I figured this one out real quick. You get in the goal and have a teammate just hit the ball in that general area and ult and suck it right in. 
Right. So. Which is they're, they're trying to get away from that. I mean, it was their first event. They yeah. didn't know what to do. It really was their first event. Now, the important part. So if you are within the 500 topmost people in competitive Lucio Ball in your region, you get a special spray. Oh, I know. Oh. Um, if you're within 500 in the world, you get an even specialer spray. Wow. So, and other than that, they're bringing back the 2016 skins. Uh, some of them were really good. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Uh, they're going to cost 1,000 coins if you want those. And then they're bringing new skins in, and it's going to cost 3,000 for those or loot box. Have, right. Have, did they do their loot box change yet? Yes. Okay. So the whole system has been. So you'll get a better chance of getting these skins in. Yes. Okay. Or ideally and theoretically. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, that's good because they even said for the last the insurgency or whatever that it was literally impossible to get all the skins. Yes. In the playtime, unless you paid money. Right. And I'm like, that is really bad for a game to do that. Yeah, and I was I, the anniversary was the first time I ever bought loot boxes. See, I never because you guys were like trying to get the dances and stuff. Yes, and I got a, I got a good number of them. Yeah, I got a couple. I didn't get as many as I. I wanted. have my Lucio dance, so when I go in to play Lucio Ball, I'm gonna be like, check this out, um, and then I'll play All Star through the mic so that everybody can watch me dance. Uh, so SNES Classic, we talked about how all the pre-orders were canceled from Walmart and all that stuff. Yep, that all happened. So. They have come out and said, like, sorry, this was not intentional by anybody. We will have pre-orders out this month. But what's funny is I know they canceled some people's pre-orders, but they didn't cancel other people's. No, they canceled everybody's. Did they? Okay. They came a, out. Then Walmart, it was slow. Walmart posted on Twitter saying, hey, every pre-order is canceled. Okay. I just think it was an act. It was probably already on their web page for, like, the creator view and someone accidentally probably pushed definitely that's probably exactly what happens and they're like oh no which is like how we get so many leaks and stuff yeah but uh the big thing of this is like nintendo came out and they're like we will have an ample amount of these upon launch and through the end of the year okay i'm still nervous which they're totally lying about i'm yeah i'm still super nervous about it I really want this one. Obviously, I wanted an NES classic, but... See, I'm like, I'm still on the fence. I don't really care. You own a SNES. I do, and, I but do. that's not a great way to play these games right Good now. Point. I don't own a SNES. I don't I own a CRT. Oh. And, but still, at that point, like, the only thing that I really see the benefit of this is the fact that you get Star Fox 2. It's, it's a pretty big, big deal. Which is a big deal. Well, in Super Mario world yeah but i have i have that i know you do but i don't so for me i need to show you the beautiful world of emulation i know i mean i've i've done a couple things and nothing to get uh away from like take money away from nintendo that's not my my purpose at all but there's better ways to play this i just want to i want to own it just to say i own it kind of thing yeah, it's going to end up in a box for me I is know. the problem or and on the shelf. Mine's just going to be sitting on the shelf and just be there yeah. looking pretty. Oh, well. I, don't, I just don't know. I mean, I hate the clutter in my life already, so I don't know if I need more of that. Well, the problem is, like, I even thought about yesterday. I have four consoles sitting in my entertainment system. I'm like, and I only play one of them. 
I mean, I got the I got PS1 to PS4 in there, and I'm just like, hmm. That's cute. It is kind of nice, actually. No, the whole like that's that's cute. Thanks. Having the whole the whole family there. But I mean, I almost all, bought a PS1 the other day. They still work on I, eBay. Oh, they're pretty fun. I mean, they still all work, and I I you know can't. I enjoyed like the PS1's cool. I'm still having one of those, like the original. Right. I have I have the original version of every console, so I'm pretty proud of that. I don't have any of the slims or whatever, so yeah, I'm old school. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm still on the fence about this thing. I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to be sitting on my computer. And, literally, and literally, it's going to go pre-order, and I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I need this. I'm going to be sitting there literally right as it opens. I'm going to just go like, ah, and then I, <laughs> I, I pre-order it. And then in two weeks, it's going to show up on my doorstep. And I'll be like, crap, I don't want this. And I'm like, and I'm like, what did I just do? I just spent, <laughs> how much is it, 60, 80? Yeah, it's like 80, 70 bucks, somewhere in there. I'm like, I just spent all this money. I didn't need to. Ah. Yeah. And then I have it. Which is basically what I do with pre-orders. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's half, half that's game, how they thrive. Half your game collection just sitting in this plastic still. Yeah. So, I mean, I will play Star Fox and Star Fox 2. Undoubtedly, if I do own this console. That's probably the first two things I will do on this console. Yeah. Well, anyways, we do need to take one more break. And then we're going to come back with a bunch of Dota. So, you don't want to miss that. guys we've just got a few minutes left here and then we are going to uh we're gonna go back to our lives so but this is our lives this is right i'm actually i just have to say this like missing last week like threw off my whole week oh that's cute because like well like it's like now i have set times in the week when i do things and like not being here and i was working and i was just like the whole Wednesday, my morning shift, I'm like, I'm just like, I just felt out of place. I just yeah. Didn't. And then, I feel that. I don't know. And then, like, the rest of the week, I'm just like, ah, I was in a weird fight. I know. But, and then in three weeks, when school starts up again, we're all going to, it's going to be all confusing what's, again. But what's, well, what's, and our show's going to two hours. Yeah. Yeah. You hear more of us talking <laughs> yep. about random We're stuff. trying to figure out how to <laughs> make this two hours long. I think we can, obviously, yeah. right now. But what was I going to say? I don't know. I don't ever know what you're going to say. It, Most it, of it's crap. It's gone. Okay. Wow. Um, so let's, let's, I'm going to be gone next week. Yes. So because I, I will be here. Yeah. Because the international, right? Uh, so I'm going to the international. I'm, I might leave Saturday this week, head up to Moscow. I haven't decided yet. I don't know. A lot of, there's a lot of things that depend on that first, but if not, I'm driving up Sunday and I will be there until I drive home Friday. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to see a lot of Dota. And, you know, I have a, ba a pretty basic understanding of Dota, right? So I've played a bit of Dota. Um, probably, I've, okay, 
I played Dota. So <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. I I'm not great at Dota, but I enjoy it. And like right now, I'm trying to work on being a more effective laner. Uh, which I've been watching like lessons and stuff and game explanations and so on and so forth to try to be a better Dota player. And it's starting to make more and more sense to me. So that makes me happy. And so like I can watch matches and be like, oh, that's why they're doing that. So we've got a bunch of Dota news uh, that I want to cover real quick. So first of all, uh, with the international in Seattle next week, Admiral Bulldog, uh, who has has a had a stint on professional teams, uh, won a TI, and then quit to focus on streaming and stuff. He has been refused entry into the USA. He was held in immigration at SeaTac for seven hours, and then they came in and said, "We're not. We can't let you in. You have to go home." Uh, I, I wish I remembered where home was, but basically the bulk of this is he had the wrong visa. So there's like two visas you can get for this. Uh, and I guess he kind of explains it in this quotes. They, meaning Valve and PLG, asked me for passport and visa information, which I provided. I have a B1 slash B2 visa. It's for tourism and business, which I didn't think uh, much of. I'm kind of there to do business. He was hired on to be a commentator. So the officers told me that what Valve was doing is not okay. If Valve are bringing people in to work for them, they need to make sure everyone has working visa. So this this kind of sucks. This isn't the first time this has happened either. Uh, like I know that Russia, the they bring in Russian commentators because this is huge in Russia as well, and they always have a hard time getting into the U.S. because of our sanctions on Russia. And I I wonder now with this whole Putin sending home like seven hundred plus. Uh, American workers mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's kind of an, we're kind of in an interesting thing where there, this is an international thing, right? You know, I feel like the Olympics are big enough that probably they, they don't have to worry about it as much. But like for Dota, it's not this gigantic world known thing. Like it's getting bigger and bigger, but it's just, it's kind of a weird thing that Valve doesn't know how to handle. And it kind of sucks. It sucks for the players. There have been players who have been denied visas or denied entry, I guess. Yeah. And there have been, you know, like obviously commentators and stuff. And that's super strange. You know, it's just like, it sucks. Yeah, that does kind of suck. I mean, you fly halfway across the world, and you're like, oh, sorry. Yeah. And, I mean, it sucks even more that they're flying halfway across the world to SeaTac. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I, uh, Valve, you need to take care of that. Yeah. This is, this is Valve's issue that they need to... You know. So then they asked him for the passport information, and they got him the wrong... The wrong information. Yeah. So I wonder how many people have gotten through with that... Now, if he would have lied and said, oh, I'm just going to the international. He probably could have gone in. He would. They would have let him in. Yeah. 
but since he was going into but he, work. But was he even lying if he even said that? No. And I guess the kind of strange thing is, is uh, I don't know where PLG's based out of, but they probably have an overseas office that could pay these people. So then they're really only there to do business. So I don't know. That's, that's such a weird thing. But more Dota. They have a new player update. And I mean, like, when I say new player, I mean new players. Uh, like if I got into Dota. Right. So now, let's say you've never played a match of Dota in your life. Nope. If you go in, you are limited to 20 heroes for the first 25 games. How many heroes are there? Uh, over 100. Oh, that's There's, a lot. Yeah. So the reason they're doing that is they kind of curated, like, oh, these are the first heroes like you should learn oh. because a lot of them are really complicated to know so these are like the good baselines like once you get them down you can move on to more yeah like i'm characters. sure like lich and sven are on there and stuff like that and maybe viper we'll see but anyways you say, uh, you say his names and it's just mm. and then you really you only get matched with people who have high behavior scores and that's their combat for like oh we have a toxic community and we want more people to play this game. And I mean, I, to be honest, like I totally understand that. Like, that's probably the hardest thing about Dota is, first of all, it's a very hard game to understand and play. And then if you go in and you don't know what you're doing, like to have somebody be a dick to you, you're never going to want to play that game again. And then they like vote to kick you out, right? And stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Vote to ban you and, and stuff that, like that's, that. That's what I've heard is the issue with MOBAs, like League of Legends, this one, is like the community is like real bad and they don't understand people aren't trying to learn to play this game and they just have no patience for it. And yeah. Like, Screw you, you're out. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of uh, why I've I always been like so that. skeptical. Well, it's the same reason every, almost every match of Siege I play, I get, I have people start voting to kick me unless I'm with only friends. Well, then they still start voting to kick you. Well, no, I usually start to vote kick other people. And I, I just thought this just irritates me because I, I, I understand being like, for me, when I play Siege and we're playing with someone who does not know what they're doing can be infuriating. But then I check their but help. But then, yeah, then I check their level and they're like level 13. I'm 98. I'm like, oh, well, they're new to the game. That's why they're a recruit. That's why they don't know what they're doing. And then you kind of you kind of point things out to them and then they, they'll, you know, Hopefully, slowly. Yeah, figure I mean, it out. that's the idea, right? I'm not gonna be like, oh, this person's not vote to kick. Done. Right. I will vote to kick if you play as Fuse on hostage and kill the hostage, though. Yes. I get. I try. Which I, happens? I gave someone benefit of the doubt. More. I they, know. I was there. I know. <laughs> I was. It was my fault. I told you not to do it. And ching ching, hostage dead. And I'm like, oh. and then he was gone next round. Yes. Um. So, if if you're listening and Dota sounds like something you might want to get into. So the international again is next week. They have a newcomer stream that they run. They uh, they kind of point out like, oh, this is why they're doing this and stuff. And that's originally, however, three years ago, I got into Dota. Is I was working at the time, and I remember like seeing online like, oh, this this newcomer stream is the way to like learn this game. I was like, all right, I don't know anything about it. I hopped on, and that was kind of love at first sight. It was the life-changing moment of yeah. Matthew Crane. I love Dota now. And so it's just one of those things, like, go in, watch that, see if you can learn some stuff. Because, again, it's a very tough game. 
Um, and then hopefully you can find friends who play the game as well. And so you can play with them and they can help you. So, yeah, that's kind of it on Dota, uh, to be honest. You will have a lot more to talk about in two I weeks. I will. I'm, I'm excited to report back what the international was like. You know, this is kind of the pinnacle of what esports tournaments should be every year. Are you going to be blogging slash vlogging? I don't know. I don't when you're think up there. so. Uh, you, and you expressed the idea of bringing your camera. I did. And so the reason I have considered not doing it is because I don't have a laptop. Mm. And so basically, if I was to do any edits, it would be after the fact. Uh, I guess I could do like some live streams from like my tablet or something. Uh, and maybe we'll see. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Maybe I'll do some Facebook live stuff, but that really only affects my Facebook friends. Yeah. But because we don't have a we don't have a Facebook page. A dry spell Facebook page yet. We're we're way behind on that. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh well. That's but a, that's a issue for another day. Yeah, so uh we do have a couple last uh news stories that I want to touch real fast. Um I should have talked about this earlier, but there's new TSA regulations. This is kind of important to note. Uh, now that every every electronic device that is larger than a cell phone needs its own bin when you go through the x-ray machine. So obviously that affects game consoles. If you plan on taking your Switch, it affects the Switch. You know, it used to only be laptops. Yeah. But and then they, they moved it to iPads recently because I, I, I've flown with my Well, iPad. that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's all part of this new regulation. But I mean, I mean I've flown like in this... Last couple months, and Boise I, is one of the first people to adopt it. Actually, oh, really, yes. Well, they were one of the first to adopt the full body scan too, actually, which most places have now. And probably because we have so few people that go through it, they can probably test it without destroying everything. Like if you just initiated an untested uh, technology into like LAX O'Hare, or yeah, <laughs> it would cause madness. <laughs> well, that place is madness, anyways. So yeah, yeah I mean, I guess. Idaho, Boise is a good test market for stuff like this. Yeah. So we'll see. So that, that's, does that mean that sucks. if you travel with a Switch, an iPad, and laptop, but you have three separate bins? Yes, it that, does. That's just, see, that's going to hold up lines longer. Yes, it is. Why can't you just put all that in one bin? And apparently this, this also affects TSA PreCheck. Oh. Which is even crazier. That is crazier. That's not good. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll end with this last news story. Uh, it's kind of sad. It is sad. Uh, designer Corey Gasper has passed away. So Corey was a designer for Bioware, uh, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, Dragon Age Origins, and Sonic Chronicles. Most recently, he was the lead designer on Anthem. So I guess, you know, as obviously that's awful, uh, but it kind of puts in question, like, what what are they going to do with Anthem moving forward? Uh, obviously, they'll just appoint somebody into that position. Mm -hmm. But even then, it'll be kind of it'll it uh, it's obviously going to be different. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I mean, obviously, I don't I didn't see what cause of death was. I'm assuming probably something just unnatural. Yeah, I don't know, but definitely very sad. It's always especially when he's in such a big role for like a game that's coming out in just a couple months. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a pretty big deal, and it's pretty yeah. sad. 
It is. And he didn't look that old. No. I mean, he looked in his 30s or 40s or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't have this on here, and then we'll probably have to talk about it next week. But Bioware Montreal has been shut down. Oh, it has? I didn't see that. Yes, it has. Completely shut down, huh? Completely. Um, so... There's something there. Well, we kind of we saw the writing on the walls like these last several months after yeah. the release of Andromeda, with um, it only becoming a support system, and then the fact that like oh we'll still support Andromeda, and then they like, came out well there's no going to be no more single player camp stuff for Andromeda. It was kind of like oh they're done. That's kind of yeah. like, was my so impression. from the sounds of it they're not necessarily people off. They're moving them to other positions. I understand that. I mean, and this might go to the fact with the new now that Bioware has that guy that left for Microsoft now is back. I can't forget his remember his name right now. Corey something. I don't know. But the one that was the lead on the Mass Effect trilogy, the original one, is now back at the head of Bioware. He, maybe he, I mean, he's obviously shuffling things around and fixing issues. He's dismantling Bioware from the inside out. Right. It's time for Bioware to end. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the, I think that's all the news we have today. Yeah. Uh, kind of a strange week. I don't know. Well, I'm excited. There's a lot of like, things that are, like, not news stories, but kind of like, oh, this is going to affect the industry in a year. Yeah. We're, but we're slowly crawling to the point where new stuff is coming out. Yeah. Where so, Gamescom is real soon. I think next week is the start yeah. of like the first wave of like games coming out, like yeah. big ones. Well, I know. Let's see. I know Hellblade comes out the eighth, and Senua's Sacrifice that looks pretty good. Mario v Rabbids is coming. Oh soon. man, yeah. So like we're starting to get into the the phase of new games. So let's see. Gamescom is August twenty second through August twenty sixth. So a couple weeks. Basically, the first week of school actually yep, it is. will be uh, Gamescom, and we'll see quite a bit of stuff there. And then, yeah. So we did it, everyone. We made it through the lull of the gaming year. Oh, we still have a couple weeks. I mean, but we're getting slowly some stuff coming out. So, yeah, yeah, and like I said, we uh, we start two hours in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm like one of my plans is I think we're gonna get. M a little bit more into esports, um, maybe dedicate a little bit more time of our show. Well, now we can actually chunk chunk off half an hour chunks for things, and not like, well, we gotta do this for like three minutes, then run to this one. Right. Yeah. So we've got, I think we've got some interesting things planned. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, we're kind of let us like know. said, we're kind of thinking about adding another person. Yeah. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah. Email us. help us. Email us at dryspellradio at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, which I should probably do a better job of updating, at dryspellradio. And, of course, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, we're at dryspell, uh, soundcloud.com slash dryspellradio. Share with your friends. Yes. Share with your friends. Share with your loved ones. Everyone knows a friend who plays games. Yeah. So and Maybe they'll enjoy it. I don't know. So, anyways, I think that's it for us this week. Um, everybody out there, have a fantastic, fantastic week. 
and I won't be back next week, but Austin will be back next week, and I'm sure you'll love it. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be different. I think Jason said he might be here, but who knows with Jason sometimes. All right, guys. Yep. Bye. Bye.